Best-selling author and psychologist Michael Carr Gregg, his latest book is on creating and fostering the grandparent-grandchild relationship, and of course, while maintaining the parent-child relationship. Throughout time, it's been a special relationship, but as lives get busier, retirement age stretches out and technology absorbs children, uh, there are... Better ways, perhaps, to navigate the complexities and connecting and staying in touch and also to bring the very real value that grandparents can to a developing child. Dr Michael Carr, Greg's book is Grandparents, a practical guide to navigating being a nana or granddad, and he is uh, with us now. Uh, welcome, Michael. You're all right. How are you? Good, thank you. As a foundational observation, just how important... Is the role of grandparents uh, potentially and hopefully in a child's life? <laughs> it, it makes a huge difference um, to the young person in that uh, young people who have grandparents actively involved in their life uh, do better academically, have better emotional and behavioral uh, well being, and uh, seem to thrive. Uh, from very early age with that early involvement. What is interesting, of course, is that the book is primarily about the grandparent-grandchild relationship, but the parental relationship between grandparent and parent is also a very key part of this, and I wonder if that's a good place to start right from the outset when you're first told that you're about to become a grandparent. As with any relationship, there's the right response and the wrong response, Michael. Well, uh, it's interesting that you should say that because I've interviewed a lot of uh, grand uh, parents about what they call dropping the B-bomb, which is learning that your child is going to have a child. And um, apparently some uh, grandparents say absolutely the wrong thing, like, are you sure you can afford this child, I thought you were saving for an apartment, rather than the unbridled joy response, which we really want from um, our, our parents when we break this wonderful news to them. Some others to avoid, um, are you sure you're going to stay with them, <laughs> being the partner? Yes. Um, uh, was this planned? Um, all this kind of stuff. What do you? What does your child need in that first moment? You just said it. Excitement. That can be just simple responses, yeah. can't it? Happy for you. How wonderful. Just an affirmation, because they're. What's the word? I can't use a non-swear word. They're nervous about this life change as well, aren't they? Of course, uh, and um, I think what we really want is to say to them we're really happy for you and can't wait to have a, 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 a to meet your a, a grandchild um how are you feeling is there anything we can do to support you during your pregnancy and we we're, we're keen to help as much as we can i mean that depends on the resources and the ge geographical location of the uh, the grandparents but that's the sort of response that parents are looking for you're there as a coach and you're there to be um, the person who's up and supportive or quietly listening or doing whatever's needed as your child becomes um, the parent. Let's talk a little bit more about 
the intricacies then of the relationship with a grandchild. And there's some myths that you bust in this book. Um, for example, that everyone's a wonderful grandparent and wants to be a grandparent and it's going to be this amazing um, contributor to the situation. Talk a little bit more about what what the ideal is that's being aimed for and then some of the fundamentals of doing it well, Michael. Yeah, I mean, the, the golden rule of grandparenting, I think, is um, to wait to be asked, uh, not to give unsolicited advice, but to be uh, a support and to recognise that not, not all grandparents want to be desperately involved. There's some who are more hands-off. Um, there are others that are very indulgent and um, want to spoil with gifts and and treats. Um, there's some that are sort of the Disneyland grandparents that prioritise entertainment and outings and holidays. Um, and then the, the, the traditional grandparents, which are sort of the strong source of values, guidance, discipline and support. Things have changed in many ways uh, in the lives of both grandparents and parents. A lot more uh parents uh, ha- having to work both in work if, if it's a couple um, or, or having to work if it's just a mum or, or, or dad and that can get to some negotiations that have to be had in some ways which is what is the role of the grandparent, how do you establish where they can help and where you want to avoid friction over them becoming, what do you call it, grey care Yeah well, in, in Australia, where I live, um, grandparents are really the unsung heroes because they provide up to 58 hours of childcare a month, which, of course, with the cost of living, really makes a substantial uh, contribution. But I think what we have to do is establish the expectations if a grandparent is capable of giving four hours of uh, childcare a week, it shouldn't metamorphose into eight. That's not fair. Uh, so expectations have to be clearly stated right from the start. Let's talk about your grandparenting code, please, uh, as a guide. Yes. So it's an intergenerational guide, and I think it's designed to... 20 principles designed to help grandparents feel more confident, um, to strengthen the relationship. And I said right from the start that it depends on your existing capabilities. So uh, this is modifiable in terms of what's uh, possible. But essentially, there are um, really important principles that shouldn't be violated. For example, Um, I talked to a parent the other day who came home to discover that the grandparent had taken their uh, grandchild up for their first ever haircut. Now, quite clearly, that's a code violation. You need to wait. Um, That's a milestone moment. It's not your job to do that. Uh, Similarly, there was a parent who (coughs) came home and found the child 18 months old, getting um, a block of chocolate stuffed in their mouth. Again, not really um, developmentally correct. 
the things to do are to recognize that play is the great relationship builder. So learn to play with uh, children, spending one-on-one time with them. Um, The reason grandparenting, I think, has become more complex now is you've got technology, which we never had. The undisputed champion of the toy kingdom is digital devices. So what is the correct thing to do with parents uh, and grandparents? Um, And I think it is very much about managing that technology in a um, cooperative way. But above all, what I want grandparents to do is help their children learn about their heritage and create and maintain rituals because the grandparents are the custodians of the family history. What is powerful about that, uh, straight away it occurs to me, is that it involves storytelling and we know how potent and powerful storytelling is. One of the most important uh, psychological principles we've got is the power of the narrative. And I think um, our Indigenous people in Australia and um, certainly uh, the Maori and Pacific Island people have incorporated that into their culture much better than perhaps Pākehā um, and uh, uh, New Australians. I think we need to get much better at that because they're such important vehicles to transmit attitudes and values and beliefs. So the play, which we know is children's work, it's what they spend most of their time uh, doing. It's the way they learn. So the play, the storytelling and sharing um, of, of, of family stories. And, you know, even though you think they may not be interested, if it's a good story, they will be. Can you talk about not engaging in grand sharing Is that a case of oversharing? Yeah, the e-safety commissioner here in Australia has warned both parents and grandparents about not sharing images online in a public forum because it does open grandchildren and indeed children um, to predation from those who would do children harm. So while grandparents are enthusiastic, uh, we do need to have limits and boundaries around that. Nothing wrong with sharing on a closed forum, but um, on the World Wide Web, probably not a good idea. Other things we don't overshare is we don't comment on um, parents other than to back them up, right? We certainly don't say, well, you know... Your dad, my son-in-law, was never much good anyway. <laughs> You're there to no. back the parents up, and this includes their parenting style, even if it's not yours. When do you keep your mouth zipped, Michael, no matter what you're feeling? Look, I think uh, if there is a threat to the young person's health, safety and welfare, then like any member of the general public, you would be concerned and if it was an ongoing issue, having raised it with the parents and nothing's happened, you you might have to uh, take it further. But by and large, the first port of call is to take the parent out for a cup of uh, tea, actually tell them all the good things they're doing, and then have a gentle conversation where you raise your concerns if it's a matter of health and safety. And I don't think there's anybody listening who would disagree with um, that as 
uh, a legitimate role for anyone concerned about a, a young child. The flip side, though, is it might be a very permissive parenting side uh, uh, style on the converse, and you might be thinking this child needs some discipline or some time out or some this or that. That, again, is not necessarily your call. Do you have to work with the parent's parenting style? Can you have a bit of grandparenting style that might be a little bit different? You can. Um, the, the shout and shame parenting style of the past is really a thing of the past. So uh, parenting practices have changed and it's really important for grandparents to understand that we've we've moved on. We never talked about neuro, neurodiversity. We never talked about um, perhaps uh, young people, uh, grandchildren who had come out or who were transgender. And I've deliberately included uh, chapters in the book about that because I think pe- grandparents need to educate themselves because they can be a tremendous source of, of support uh, to their grandchildren, particularly if the grandchildren come out to them. So I do think there have been shifts and changes and it's about educating yourself and um, understanding how you can support them. Again, whatever your own personal views or perspectives, you are there to be the champion and the coach and the support and the always to be trusted and relied upon person for that grandchild. Mm. A lot of the um, feedback I've got about the book, and it's only been out two weeks, uh, were from grandparents who said, look, I, I, I understand that um, society has moved on and I understand that no one's waiting for me to catch up. So I actually found the chapter um, on sexualities and genders quite useful, but um, I am struggling to come to terms with it because I, I am a uh, product of my upbringing. So how do you deal with that? That is your issue, they are your views, they are your feelings and you're allowed them, but do you need to be careful that they don't pervade the way you communicate to this child that you love? Absolutely. It's all about loving the person for who they are and the benefit you're going to get from that. uh, There's research I cite in the book where if you have a grandchild in your life the Berlin Ageing Study says you're going to potentially live five years longer as a result of having them in your life. Uh, you will have better psychological uh, well-being yourself as a grandparent. So these children are going to bring enormous benefit to you and striking a relationship built on love and acceptance is a crucial part of that. It's an interesting time to bring in one of our questions. Hi there, what can you do with a grandparent who is old school, racist, sexist and believes their values should be educated into the grandkids? Well, I think what you have to do is agree to disagree. Sometimes mediation is necessary. And as a professional psychologist, I spend a lot of my time um, trying to broker those kind of discussions. And... There's a, I don't know if you've ever heard of Professor John Gottman, one of the great uh, family uh, psychologists in the world. But John always said that 69% of family 
um, disputes are actually unresolvable. So there's no point in putting a lot of energy into them. What you need to do is move to the point where you can agree to disagree. And that, I think, is the only option in the situations that you've outlined. This person says, as a parent, how can I foster a better relationship between my parents and my kids? My parents don't get on with my husband and things were tricky when I was a child, but they're good people and I'd love my kids to know them. They're all, they always offer to help and visit in the abstract, but when we invite them to visit, it's only an hour and a half away, they usually have excuses and they're distracted during video calls. Any tips? Yeah. Well, the, this is a kind of, long distance uh, parent, uh, grandparenting issue and uh, an issue where the uh, grandparents are a little disconnected. So what I would be doing is in order to uh, kick things off, I'd arrange uh, a neutral venue uh, where perhaps they could share a meal and you could invite those parents to bring along a family album um, you could invite them to attend some school events. You could plan one-on-one activities. It's just a, a matter of bringing them, giving them the opportunity to form these relationships and engage in this sort of neurological ping-pong whereby the, the grandchild makes a, a bid to the grandparent and the grandparent responds. And by doing that, you build the relationship over time. Another says, I'm in the beginning a few about technology. There's different ways to look at this. We were, we were talking about parenting styles and being respectful of the parent's parenting style, but at the same time, um, within reason, you've, you've got some you know, views of your own as a grandparent about what you'll tolerate. Uh, and a lot of people writing about this question of technology, uh, here's one. I'm exceedingly lucky to live in the same town as my grandchildren. They have really fabulous parents, and I do my best to set the same boundaries for the grandchildren as my children do. But my children spend a huge amount of time on their phones. It breaks my heart to see the little ones talking to their parents and being totally ignored. Is there anything I can do? So far, I've not done anything. This is actually a question about parenting an adult child, isn't it, in a way? Um, How would you approach it? it? Well, I mean, I think the technology thing is interesting. I think a grandparent should be able to set boundaries similar to home um, in their home. So I, I believe that we need to encourage other activities like uh, cooking and arts and craft. You need to be present and you need to co-play. I think grandparents can model that behaviour when the grandchildren are with them and hope that that rubs off a bit on uh, the children's parents. So model um, it rather the, than say it. Show me, don't tell me. And the and you could be a little right. bit clever and say, look, we were doing this and this incredible thing happened. Um, of, of course, anyone distracted by their phone and goodness knows what they're trying to do, order the online shopping or who's going to pick up the other kid or whatever, um, they may be too distracted to see what's happening. But your suggestion is model it, persistently model the interaction you'd love to become more of your children's interaction with their children. Correct. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, 
What are one or two of the other myths, Michael, that, that need busting about grandparenting, do you think? Well, I think um, that all grandparents are the same because they're not. Um, and I think we really have to be respectful of that. Many of the grandparents are actually actively involved in the workforce. What's happened is the age at which we die has increased. So grandparents are living longer and family sizes are shrinking. So the ratio of grand uh, parents to grandchildren is actually increasing. So what we have to do is make sure that they have um, the opportunity to interact with all the the grandparents in a consistent way and that the grandparents go out of their way to become what I call charismatic adults, that they are someone from whom the young person can draw strength, someone that the grandchild perceives as making them feel safe and valued and listened to. A lot of the uh, grandparents I interviewed for the book said that there was an epiphany for them when their grandchildren were born, that the love that they had felt for their child when they were born was in fact entirely um, replicated. There was an equal sequel uh, hmm. in love and that this was the most wonderful thing. And the grandparents, the great thing about having grandchildren is you can give them back. Yes, indeed. Um, many will say it's a, 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 it's the best um, the best time um, for experiencing, as you say, all the good stuff and less of the stressful stuff. Speaking of which, just finally, yeah. as they age, as they become teenagers, it's funny their natural and very important behaviour and instinct at that time is to push away from their parents. They are beginning to test their uh, adulthood wings. Will they often, ironically, confide more in a grandparent at this time? And what are the rules around that confiding? If you are, uh, if you are in that situation as a grandparent, you need to respect the confidences of a child or a teen, but you also want to help where you can, Michael. Mm. Well, adolescence is a time of uh, psychological emancipation from. Uh, parents. They're trying to figure out their identity. They're trying to um, forge friendships uh, outside of the family. And that's normal, natural, developmental psychology. In the process, in some families, life could get a bit willing and young people can become quite hostile. They can shut down communication. But given what I've just said about the importance of a charismatic adult, this is where having grandparents really makes a difference because quite often if you've done um, things right at the beginning, you'll find that uh, at a time when they're in desperate need of adult support, they'll seek it from their grandparents. And you've got to maintain a level of confidentiality. Where that would go out of the window is if it was an issue which related to their health and safety. But by and large, it's a wonderful thing for a teenager to have that close relationship with a grandparent and everyone benefits. Thank you, Michael. Michael Cargreg, the latest book is Grandparents.